You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, here we go. Final day of May, Thursday, May 31st, and a Friday, June 1st. It is Locked On Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt Derry with you, talking about your Detroit Lions each and every day right here on Megaphone.fm, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Alexa, wherever you get the podcast. We appreciate you listening and paying attention and telling your friends about it. You want to leave a review on iTunes? Please do. Subscribe to the podcast as well. You can also find us at LockedOnLions.com or LockedOnSports.com. Coming up today on the show, we will talk to Pro Football Talk's own Michael David Smith, MDS. We love catching up with him, the managing editor of Pro Football Talk, about the Lions, the state of the NFL, the anthem stuff. We'll get into all of it with Michael earlier, uh, uh, Michael later on in the show. Uh, my name is Matt Derry. Thank you for joining me, as always. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks, and also the Matt Derry Facebook fan page. Had some great interaction with you guys yesterday in our discussion about Jim Bob Cooter and whether or not he's going to be the right guy. Play calling, offensive coordinator, year three, full year, year three of Jim Bob Cooter running the offense. How much of last year's struggles offensively when this team was inconsistent, not able to punch it in the red zone, not able to run the football, was Jim Bob Cooter? Or was it Jim Caldwell? Well, Caldwell's gone, and Cooter has the keys now to this offense and a much better offensive line and an improved running game. So can Jim Bob get it done or not? We'll find out. And we'll talk about that with Michael David Smith coming up, too, as well. Today's podcast, Locked on Lions, is proudly brought to you by Heart of a Lions fan. Folks, this documentary, this movie coming out in the fall is absolutely going to be amazing. Check out... Uh, the website, Heart of a Lions fan, HOALF.com. That's www.HOALF.com. Support it. Check out the Kickstarter at HOALF.com. All right, a news of the day, not much going on. Lions, of course, at OTAs this week. We'll have mini camp next week. NFL Network's coming in next week. All sorts of uh, 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 media will be there for a, a mandatory mini camp where all the players will have to report and work out on the field with Matt Patricia and the coaching staff. We talked a lot yesterday about Jim Bob Cooter and the offense. The day before, we kind of got into the defense a little bit and talked about Paul Pasqualoni. I'm excited for this season. I think this team's goals, setting its goals of winning the division and taking the next step, are very, very accurate. I think this team has upgraded the offseason. I'm still very concerned about the pass rush and the depth at both defensive line and defensive, or defensive tackle and defensive end. But ESPN doesn't agree. And the last couple of years, they put out the FPI rankings, which is kind of a computer-based analytical situation. And they did this on Tuesday based on metrics. Also, uh, the model considers each team's win total at Westgate Las Vegas Superbook, how that team performed in offense, defense, and special teams last season, etc. So the last couple of years, uh, the FPI rankings for ESPN were not very kind to the Lions. Over the last two years, at this time two years ago, and at this time last year, the Lions were ranked 20th overall in the rankings. They've moved up this year on ESPN to 17th overall, but 11th best in the NFC, ranking them third in the NFC North, where the FPI rankings have the Vikings 5th and the Packers 7th. So this latest edition of the ESPN FPI rankings have the Detroit Lions Finishing third in the NFC Central, or in the NFC North. Man, I used to call it, love calling it the NFC Central. Actually, the Niners, they have them 10th. 
overall. Seven spots ahead of the Lions. So you look at it, the projected win total for this year's team is 7.7. I think people are underestimating this football team. And I think people are also overrating the Vikings. And I'll ask Michael David Smith about this as well. Minnesota had a great year last year. You can't take away with what the, what the Vikings did in terms of dominating the division, winning 13 games, going to the playoffs, and making the NFC Championship game. And, of course, they had their fantastic win the week before uh, you know, with, with the Stefan Diggs play and everything else. But then, of course, losing to Philly. They've added Kirk Cousins. They're bringing all their guys back defensively. So a lot of people feel like, oh, Minnesota's going to be even better. I don't necessarily agree. Green Bay, to me, spent their entire draft on defense, which they should have. No more Jordy Nelson. I think their receiver core will be a little bit weakened by that. But a guy like Geronimo Allison, I think, will step up. And I think Green Bay's running game will be better. And, of course, they'll get a full season, they hope, of a healthy Aaron Rodgers. But the expectations for the Lions are to be one of the top teams in the NFC and to host a playoff game and win it. That's what Bob Quinn, the maestro, said when he fired Jim Caldwell and replaced him with Matt Patricia. They're tired of being 9-7. and seven. They're tired of being middle of the pack in the NFC. Tired of being middle of the pack in football. So this football team's goals are a lot higher than finishing 17th overall out of 32 teams and finishing 11th in the NFC. What are your thoughts on this? Do you see the Lions as being a middle-of-the-pack NFL team? Or do you see them being better? Send me a tweet at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks on Twitter, the Matt Derry Facebook fan page. The San Francisco 49ers are the 10th best team at football? According to this metric? I'm not buying that. To me, the Lions are better than the 49ers. The 49ers have an upstart quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, and they've upgraded. All right, a guy like Reuben Foster, if he's cleared of these uh, sexual, uh, 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 physical assault charges against his girlfriend, all right, when he's healthy, was pretty good. The Niners have some good young players. But the Niners aren't going to win that division. The Lions' goal should be to win the division. The Lions should be able to run the football better. The Lions should be able to take that next step on defense with Paul Pasqualoni, where they're more aggressive, where they're bothering the quarterback. And this secondary, it's deep, very deep, and has upgraded the secondary from a year ago. Linebackers can't be any worse than they were a year ago. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. But to me, no, this is unacceptable. If they finish middle of the pack, if they're 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, again at about where ESPN thinks they're going to be, that's not good enough at all. We'll ask Michael David Smith about it coming up in a second. All right, I do want to tell you guys about this documentary, Heart of a Lions Fan. It is going to be unbelievable. I've seen some cut-ups. I've seen some highlights. You can see the Kickstarter. You can see some highlights on the website. All you got to do is go to HOALF.com. All right, Heart of a Lions Fan, it's simple. My boy Mike Vanderpool, along with countless other individuals, put together this documentary and a film about you, Detroit Lions fans, and what hell you have gone through over the last 50, 60 years. That's why it's called Heart of a Lions Fan. There's footage from all over the city, outside of Ford Field, tailgating, Eastern Market, interviews with numerous fans, all right? Uh, Me, Freddie Bello, Freddie the Pizza Man, we're on there. Tons of Detroit sports voices and so much more. It's an absolutely incredible project, and you can support it 
by checking out their Kickstarter at HOALF.com. Watch the trailer and back this project. All right, it is that good. And we'll have Mike on the show next week to talk about it. Again, all the information, the videos, everything at HOALF.com. It's heart of a Lions fan. All right, let's visit with our buddy from ProFootballTalk.com, Michael David Smith, managing editor, PFT, uh, continuing to do great work as always, even in the off season. And Michael gives us a couple minutes here to talk about the Lions. Hey, Mike. Hey, good talking to you, man. What's going on, bud? How you been? I'm doing well. It's uh, kind of a slow time of year in the NFL, if if such a thing exists. But this has kind of been one of those off seasons where it's felt like there's never truly a a, a total downtime there's always something going on in the nfl you know the last couple of weeks obviously the anthem has been the theme and um you know d- differing differing sides having differing opinions the players may want demora smith out what, what's the latest with that and, and where will we be you think in the fall with the whole national anthem situation well i think the only thing that the nfl changed was now there's there's going to be a controversy in the locker room instead of on the field. Last year, people were monitoring during the anthem which players are kneeling, which players have a fist raised. Uh, now they're going to be monitoring which players are staying in the locker room. And, and I don't think the controversy is going to change. I think that uh, people who were criticizing the players who kneeled are now going to criticize the players who stay in the locker room. People who were criticizing the NFL for not being supportive enough about players are going to criticize the NFL more for forcing the players into the locker room. So I just think the NFL has kind of botched this. Um, I, I think the controversy was maybe ready to die down this season. I think that, like a lot of things in our society, people make a big deal out of it and then they start, start to forget about it. My feeling was people were starting to forget about this whole anthem issue. I'm not sure that it would have been a big deal during the 2018 season, and now I think it will be. So I just think the NFL made a mistake by revisiting it. I think they should have just hoped it would go away quietly, and all they've done now is ensure that it won't go away quietly. Michael, does the league need to to hire somebody in PR, somebody new, somebody from the outside to kind of clean up some of these issues? Because it seems like from a from a PR standpoint, we know what they're trying to do and, and, and to an extent trying to clean the game up, make it safer, everything else. But the, their presentation is very poor. Yeah, and, and they have had changes in that department. They had Joe Lockhart, uh, a longtime uh, political communications. He was the White House spokesman when... Bill Clinton was president. He was working for them for P- in PR, and he left uh, this off season. They they haven't replaced him. Uh, Greg Aiello, the longtime kind of media relations guy, also left. Uh, they've kind of promoted from within to replace him. They, they've also had some uh, departures at, below Aiello in that kind of media relations. People and it just it feels like they haven't had a coherent message. A, a big thing to me was Roger Goodell comes out and uses the word unanimous when he describes how the owners were feeling, and then some of the owners come out and say things that suggest they weren't unanimous. I mean, Christopher Johnson of the Jets said, "Well, I'm not going to, you know, my players can do what they want. I'm not going to do anything about it." Uh, Jed York of the 49ers and Mark Davis of the Raiders both said that they abstained from the vote. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't portrayed as unanimous 
by the owners. And I think a, a smart communications person would have told them, look, whatever you do, you have to come across as united in this. And they haven't done that. And, and I just think they, they've done a poor job of communicating here. And, you know, the best thing I think they could have done was keep this whole thing quiet. And they've done the exact opposite of that. Michael David Smith, managing editor of ProFootballTalk.com. Joining me here on Locked on Lions. All right, what about Detroit, Michael? You've seen the free agent market. You've seen what the Lions have done. The draft is complete. Uh, the new coaches and, and the staff is in place. A lot of them speaking the other day. Paul Pasqualoni talked about what the defensive philosophy is going to be. Jim Bob Cooter kind of keeping it close to the vest. Isn't gonna, I'm not saying they're going to make wholesale changes to the offense. Now as they move forward with minicamp next week, what are your thoughts on Detroit? Well, the, the thing that I'm most interested in seeing is have they fixed the running game? I mean, they've poured a lot of resources between using their first-round draft pick on an offensive lineman in Frank Ragnow, their second-round draft pick in a running back in Kerryon Johnson, signing LeGarrette Blunt in free agency. That's a lot of resources that they've poured in to their running game. And, you know, last year they put a lot of resources into their running game last year, too, by signing Ricky Wagner and TJ Lang. I mean, those were two guys who were supposed to fix the right side of the line, make the running game better. It didn't make the running game better. Um, If the running game's not better this year, after two years in a row of making it a priority uh, in their offseason personnel acquisitions, then I think you have to say, I think Matt Patricia would probably go shopping for a new offensive coordinator because he would say, look, we have to be able to run the football and we haven't been able to. So I think it's now it's really going to be on Jim Bob Cooter to find a way to make that running game work because I don't think that they want to say Matthew Stafford is going to be throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game to win games for us. I think that they would much prefer to be a team that is running the ball, protecting leads in the fourth quarter than a team that's trying to come from behind in the fourth quarter. And although they've had some success at coming from behind in the fourth quarter, and it's made the Lions one of the more exciting teams to watch week in and week out over the last couple of years, I don't think that's the team they want to be. And to me, that's what it's all about. It is the most interesting question to me with the Lions heading into the season is have they fixed the running game? And I'm not sure if they have. I I, I don't know. You you know, it it is really hard to say with the players they've acquired, how sure can you be that those players are going to make the difference? Because I think a lot of people thought last year they had acquired the offensive linemen to make a difference, and, and it really didn't happen. Michael, you you bring up a very good point about the run game, and obviously it would open things up even more for a guy like Matthew Stafford. But how, how much how much of the Lions, I guess, offensively, you know, going into this season, they they wanted to establish the run last year, but they are almost better off when Stafford is is is, is making his keys at the line, making his changes and checks, and audibleizing. So you know, how do you think they do that? How, how do you think this will work in terms of you know they want to run, but again, their their bread and butter is when Stafford's kind of going no huddle and, and chucking it around, is it not? It, yeah, I think it is, and it it was kind of a funny thing that we saw, really from from the point when Jim Bob Cooter became the offensive coordinator, and, and all the way through to the end of last season, it felt like the Lions started to get going 
when they were desperate and when they had to say, okay, Stafford, you're running the no huddle, do your thing. And, and that was when the Lions seemed to play their best football. And it raises the question of, well, why not just let Stafford do that all the time? Why not come out in the first quarter and say, we're going no huddle, we're going hurry up, we're, we're calling our plays at the line of scrimmage? Uh, you know, especially when Jim Caldwell had his most success as a head coach when he was letting Peyton Manning do that. He was, you know, Jim Caldwell was an offensive coach, but ultimately Peyton Manning was the guy running that offense in Indianapolis, and the Colts had a lot of success just telling Peyton Manning, do whatever you need to do at the line of scrimmage. We can call plays that, that are sort of suggestions, I think, is what, what the case really was in Indianapolis, but ultimately it was Peyton Manning. It, it, it always felt like the Lions should have been doing more of that, and it'll be interesting to see to what extent Matt Patricia wants to do more of that, because although he's a defensive coach who kept the offensive coordinator in place, Matt Patricia comes from a team that, again, allowed the quarterback to really run that offense. Tom Brady had the authority to, to call plays at the line. Uh, he he and Peyton Manning are probably the two quarterbacks, in addition to being the two best quarterbacks we've seen in this century in the NFL. We're also probably the two quarterbacks who have the most authority to run their offense their way. And if Matt Patricia has seen that happen, you would think as a head coach he would give his quarterback that authority as well. So it, it'll be very interesting, but... But the fact remains, the Lions, personnel-wise, have made it clear that they value the running game. They wouldn't use a second-round draft pick on a running back and sign a running back in free agency if they didn't think having running backs was important. So they clearly think they're going to need to run the football this year. It'll be very interesting to see what kind of a team they are, and if they are a team that is running to protect leads late in games. I think that is the team they want to be, and it's the team that they haven't been. Michael David Smith from Pro Football Talk with me. Uh, what about defensively, Michael? I was, I was mentioning the other day on the, on the podcast about how good this, this secondary is and how Darius Slay is you know, named by the NFL Network a top 100 player and uh, Ziggy Ansah hopefully healthy and playing for a contract. What do you like about the defense and, and where are you concerned? Ansa is the player that I'm most interested in seeing this year. I think he's actually one of the most interesting players in the entire league because he is playing for a contract. He's on the one-year franchise tag. And, you know, last year you saw the flashes, the games when he, he was extremely productive rushing the passer, but you also saw a lot of games where he didn't make much of an impact, a lot of games where he wasn't getting to the quarterback, and, and to me, it'll all be about how big an impact he can make on a week-in, week-out basis. Because he is just an incredibly talented player. Um, you know, th- there are very few guys with his size and his speed in the NFL. He, he has the ability to be a real impact player. But I haven't necessarily felt like he's put it all together on a week-in and week-out basis. So... That'll be interesting for me to see. That That's going to be the, the real question to me. Is he going to be an elite pass rusher and an elite pass rusher for 16 games? If he is, I think that's uh, a very promising sign for the Lions defense. But, you know, Matt Patricia, 
I never thought was a great defensive coordinator in New England. I, I, I don't think that means he can't be a great head coach because we've seen players, coaches who have signed up kind of so-so as coordinators who developed into good head coaches. But I didn't think he was the, the guy who you look at and say, well, he just gives them a huge schematic advantage game planning against the opposing offense. So, so to me, it, I don't necessarily say you're going to see uh, a defense that just automatically looks a lot better. It really does just ultimately come down to are the players on the field going to be more productive? And the Lions haven't made a ton of big moves. It's going to be a lot of the same players on the field that we saw last year. And, and that, that to me is what it's all about is, are those players going to be more productive? And I really think it starts with the highest paid player on their defense, and that's Ziggy Johnson. Interesting comment you're making about Patricia, because obviously Bob Quinn differs with you because he thinks this is the this is the difference maker that this this is a nine and seven team from a couple of years under Jim Caldwell that he thinks you throw Patricia in and obviously some free agents and some drafts, and all of a sudden you know. Bob Quinn feels like they're going to win right away because they're they're going to have that advantage schematically, and, and you know, look in the locker room. Caldwell was beloved, but you know the, the, he's he, he's going the other way. I think he's feeling like, hey, the addition of the coach can maybe give us a plus two, plus three in the win column, so that they're not fighting for that wild card that they actually win the division. Yeah, and and it's possible that he is. You know, Matt Patricia is an analytical guy. I think he is kind of part of a younger generation of coaches, a newer generation of coaches than Jim Caldwell. And I think the Lions, you know, may have some interesting wrinkles that we didn't see from the Lions before under Jim Caldwell. But if you look at that Patriots defense, I didn't really think they looked like a, a, a great game planning defense last year. I mean, obviously in the Super Bowl, they, they gave up a ton of yards. Uh, against the Eagles, but really all season long, that Patriots defense did not play great. I think that some of the scores of games were a little misleading because the Patriots offense controlled the ball, the Patriots defense put opposing teams in bad field position, and that kind of led people to believe that, well, hey, the Patriots aren't giving up too many points, but I didn't think the Patriots defense looked like it was scheming very well. I also didn't get the sense that the Patriots were fighting real hard to keep Matt Patricia the way they were their other coordinator, Josh McDaniels. So it remains to be seen, you know, a a great coordinator isn't always a great head coach and a great head coach wasn't always a great coordinator, but I'm not totally sold on Matt Patricia being a guy who can just come in and reshape the defense all of a sudden. So that is certainly something to watch for. Uh, at the outset of this season is how different does that defense look. Final thing for Michael David Smith from Pro Football Talk. Uh, The folks at ESPN like to do power rankings and everything else. And Earlier in the week, they kind of unveiled their FPI rankings. It was kind of a computer-based thing in terms of where the Lions sit. And they've got the Lions kind of right in the middle of the pack in the league at 17th, 11th in the NFC, uh, with Minnesota 5th and Green Bay 7th. Uh, You think that's accurate, inaccurate? Where would you where would you put the Lions in sort of the the pecking order in the NFC right now? You know, I hadn't seen that. I saw that the I did see that the Patriots were ranked first in their power rankings. I hadn't actually seen 
where the Lions were ranked. But that sounds pretty accurate to me right in the middle of the pack. I mean, you know, they've been a 9-17 a and 17 two years in a row. They've been a middle-of-the-pack kind of team, and I think that's around where they'll be. That, From what you're saying, though, that sounds a little higher on the Vikings and Packers than I would be. I mean, I, I would say that the Lions are closer to contention in their division than that suggests, but more because I think maybe the Vikings and the Packers are not quite as good as the, the ESPN power index would make them out to be. So it, it'll be tough to say, you know, that with the Vikings so much depends on how big a difference does Kirk Cousins make. And with the Packers, of course, so much depends on is Aaron Rodgers going to be healthy for 16 games. Um, I, I would probably put the Lions third in the division, but I would say I, I think it's a little bit closer than that suggests. Yeah, and they've got a projected win total at about 7.7 wins, and, and obviously they wouldn't be good enough uh, for Bob Quinn and everybody because uh, their expectations are pretty high. Michael, always a pleasure, my friend. Okay, good talking to you, man. Right, there he is, Michael David Smith of ProFootballTalk.com. We appreciate a couple of minutes of his time uh, joining us on the show. One thing I want to touch on with Michael in a second, but first I want to remind you, Matt Shook has Locked On Pistons, which you can find at LockedOnSports.com. All the podcasts, you want to get ready for the NBA Finals tonight, check out Locked On Warriors, Locked On Cavs, Locked On NBA. All of the podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network for football, baseball, and basketball can be found at LockedOnSports.com. Check it out. All right, lastly here, how about Michael David Smith? And not, not only has Michael David Smith been blocked on Twitter by Sam Martin of the Lions, we've got to get to the bottom of that. I'm going to have to uh, send Dan, uh, Sam, uh, Sam a, a DM and ask him why. But Michael's saying Matt Patricia wasn't that great of a coordinator with the Patriots. Kind of an interesting statement there. You know, you look at New England's numbers, and you look at, yes, the Super Bowl was a train wreck for both defenses, really. But I think when you look at the amount of Pro Bowl players that the Patriots have sent to Hawaii or wherever they play the Pro Bowl now, uh, from the defense, it's not a ton. You know, Malcolm Butler one year, uh, Dante Hightower one year, Vince Wilfork, that's about it. That's not like a doomsday defense or a Killer Bees defense or a 85 Bears defense at all. Not a Seahawks defense. Legion of Boom at all. I think Matt Patricia was pretty good as a coordinator in New England with what he had. Heck, he took a guy like KVN, Kyle Van Noy, and made him playable. So I don't, I don't agree with Michael David Smith on that. But it's interesting to get uh, his thoughts on it for sure. Look, this, this Lions defense has been eh for years. All right, Going back to a few years back when, when that Indomitian Sue DeAndre Levy defense was second in the league, and it kind of surprised everybody. But since then, it, it's been okay. But now, you got Ziggy Ansah playing for a contract. you got Darius Slay. you got Glover Quinn. You've upgraded the linebacker spot with tons of free agent signings. And, and hopefully a guy like Jalen Rees-Maben steps up. You know, I, I'm a, a healthy carry Hyder and Matt Patricia schematically, this defense should be a whole lot better than it was a year ago. Right, that'll do it for another edition of Locked On Lions on this Thursday, May 31st. Show number 401, by the way. We've done over 400 of these Locked On Lions podcasts. And thanks to you guys for listening and supporting us. Locked On Lions today, proudly brought to you by Heart of a Lions fan, the new Lions documentary coming out in the fall. Check them out at HOALF.com. Thanks to Michael David Smith as well. We'll talk to you tomorrow.